and welcome to this episode of Cargo Facts Connect, the podcast of Cargo Facts, the newsletter of record for the air cargo and freighter aircraft industries for over 40 years. I'm your host, Andrew Kripe, Associate Editor of Cargo Facts. And I'm your co-host, Robert Luke, Associate Editor at Cargo Facts. And I'm Jeff Lee, Editor of Cargo Facts. I, I want to begin by thanking uh, Jeff and Robert for welcoming me back um, on from my a brief stint from my ACMI lease to our sister publication, Air Cargo Next. Happy to be back for the podcast this week. Uh, and then turn it over to you, Robert, because we have some very wide body news uh, this week. Yes, it's extremely wide and you really didn't need to welcome yourself back because you never left. So as we progress forward, but uh, it's good to have you here this um, evening on the podcast. We're going to talk about two major uh, STC holders or conversion programs, rather, let me correct myself, that have made some significant milestones this week. The first is the IAI 767-300, which had its large cargo door cut at the Jet Technica facility in Belgrade. However, IAI also did managed to be the first to cut the 737-800 at its Naples facilities conversion line uh, as well. But back to the 767-300, they definitely brought in the um, X-Pegas Fly aircraft, and um, that was going to be also in line for conversion, but was um, not the first one. It was actually the X-Air Canada, as I correct myself, and that one is going to be converted for Challenge Group, and it arrived back in September. So again, Major milestone, serious congratulations to the IAI team as well as the challenge group as they prepare to take on their first 767-300. But not too far behind them, we also had the uh, conversion line being opened up for Mammoth Freighters, who basically had their uh, second freighter, uh, 777 uh, freighter conversion type, the 777-300ERMF, uh, began preparations to uh, be inducted for conversion. And this aircraft was also... Um, promoted today by the company on social media. So uh, kudos to the Mammoth Freighter team as they prepare to uh, get that aircraft converted and underway. Uh, this one also is going to uh, make extreme headlines because this aircraft indeed will be the first one for its launch customer via AM leasing. And uh, once they complete conversion of that aircraft, uh, it is going to uh, establish an opening line at its new facility at uh, Fort Worth Alliance Airport, uh, the Aspire MRO, which I might add, was noted that they will also be able to convert the 777-300ER-MF as well as the 777-200-LR-MF at the very same time. And this is an unusual uh, grant approval or actually uh, approval by the Federal Aviation Administration. So uh, big kudos up to Mammoth. And from that, I'll go ahead and pass it back to you, Andrew. Give Keep us updated with the latest scoop. You mentioned 767s, and I want to bring up one 767 operated by Air Nippon Airways, um, collided with a ground operations vehicle uh, just yesterday at Tokyo Narita International Airport. Now, uh, certainly I'm no accident investigator. Uh, there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of damage to that tug. Very happy that everyone's okay. But that brings me to Jeff Lee. Jeff, you recently were in Japan and toured the ANA facilities. I was um, just last week, actually. And um, 
funnily enough, tomorrow I will be uh, in Tokyo again um, as I make my way um, over to you guys in the US. But yes, the the so I don't know how many people know this, but um, ANA and Japan Airlines actually both offer um, tours of their maintenance facilities uh, for free to the public. And um, all you have to do is make sure you book I think exactly 30 days in advance because the minute those things um, open up they're gone just like that uh, mostly by locals but um, so yeah I managed to get uh, myself into one of these tours and uh, I, yeah I, I loved it they had this whole exhibit um, first when you look through various things they tell you about the maintenance activities um, all that and then they um, they make you watch a brief film um, again to introduce the the MRO division, I guess. And then um, then they actually take you into the hangar um, and A and A. So these are not at Narita Airport, but at Haneda Airport, which is much closer to the city. Um, and so the A and A has two uh, large uh, maintenance hangars at uh, Haneda. And they um, they so they split you up into small groups of I guess like five or six, and they they take you into um, the hangars and they take you actually down into the floor and um, they walk you around the various um, planes they have. When I visited, they happened to have um, I think it was a yeah, there was a triple seven two hundred ER, there was um, a couple of seven eight sevens. There was a 737-800 and there was also an A321neo um, in there. Um, and uh, yeah, it was just eye opening. They pointed out various bits and things and what people were doing. Um, and I guess, um, yeah, it was just being really close to um, these airplanes. And I guess another highlight was the fact that um, in one of the hangars, they had the, the doors open, and that happened to be facing the the one of the runways at Haneda. And this was at the time. This happened to be one they were using for landings, and so we, um, yeah, we saw uh, several aircraft coming in to land um, right in front of us. So, I mean, yeah, I found, I thought it was too short. Um, it was I think an hour and a half, but I could easily have um, stayed there for I don't know an entire day. Probably. <laughs> I can only imagine uh, how you must have been a kid in a play in a candy shop or in a playground. Uh, yes, and I was always the last one when everybody else had moved on. I was like, can, can we stay for two more minutes? I don't want to leave yet. <laughs> did, did you ask them any great questions? Um. Think so, or well, no, not too many because I guess I was too transfixed. Um, <laughs> but well, I'm happy, happy you had that experience. I want to briefly mention um, a quick item that we emerged today: uh, Nautilus, uh, autonomous blended wing body um, uh, aircraft manufacturer based in San Diego. Uh, secured a major order that would be for 20 of its lighter Kona uh, aircraft from a Meriflight. Meriflight right now operates 
um, a mixture of Saab 340s and uh, I think M lighter Embraer aircraft um, with major orders for 15 of the type for the Saab. Um, the Saab can carry 3.8 tons and so can the Nautilus. With deliveries expected in 2026, I think the Nautilus is going to be a major player uh, for that airline and will be the mainstay of the fleet once they've accepted all of those deliveries. And it's going to be very interesting to see both the autonomous Nautilus uh, and the Saab 340B operating side by side for that regional airline. So congratulations to Nautilus and Ameriflight on that deal. Um, before we end, uh, Robert, uh, I believe you wanted to give a special shout out to our friends at Global X. Yes, uh, we definitely wanted to give a special shout out to the Global X team and congratulate them on taking in their first A321 200 P2F, which arrived uh, two days ago, roughly about 7.30 in the evening. Uh, it was seen making its final approach into MIA after completing its uh, uh, touch-up paint for the painting of the library on the airframe, uh, uh, MCI. So uh, congratulations to that team that's been a long-awaited uh, and heavily anticipated arrival of its first freighter, as that will be the aircraft once it completes final testing with the FAA and certification to launch its air cargo division. So uh, huge shout out and congratulations to the Global X team. Also want to give a uh, recognized uh, acknowledgement to the air cargo network team as well out of Malaysia, uh, World Airways, World Cargo Airlines, excuse me, just actually um, added its third triple, uh, its third 737-800 freighter, all BCF, all, uh, and a definite uh, shout out to BBM, whom they've leased that one from, as they continue to grow their 737-800 freighter fleet. Uh, we are looking forward to many bigger and better things on the horizon for that group over there in the uh, lower belt of the Asia Pacific region for the 2023 year. And uh, I think those are the ones that I definitely will give the shout outs to for this week. Hopefully we'll have more coming on uh, down the path pretty soon that we can mention in the next podcast. Well, Robert is giving everyone a bunch of shout outs and kudos. Jeff, is there anything that you'd like to say on the A320 fun? Yes, there is indeed. Um, and I want to give uh, a shout out to SmartThings um, because if you remember, I think um, two podcasts ago, we were talking about um, the fact that, well, we were talking about the first A321 conversion at uh, that Precision had completed at the Heiko facility in Xiamen, China. And I was saying how um, that aircraft went to Montpellier in France and how there were already two other A321 freighters there uh, up the conversion and how fun it would be to see uh, three A321 freighters together um, straight after conversion. Well, now we have actually the answer to that um, because um, turns out all three of those are going to be joining SmartLinks. Um, now, the it's interesting because SmartLinks is just adding um, A321s all over the place. So both from uh, both precision conversions and EFW conversions, and uh, with both engine types. So they have really got a mixed fleet, uh, and will continue to add um, A321 freighters um, of various kinds 
Um, so the, yeah, they, these three um, are from different uh, lessors, um, but the, it is interesting that they're adding um, so many and actually they expect um, to have as many as 20 um, by the end of this year, uh, which is pretty ambitious, but um, they, along with Global Crossing, uh, it seems, um, are equally ambitious when it comes to having um, the these, these A321s in service. Um, but um, yeah, and they also hinted that these, um, at, at least a couple of these, um, will not be operating for DHL. So SmartLink's current four um, that they have in service are all flying for DHL in Europe. Um, we may be seeing uh, their first operation outside of Europe and not for DHL. Um, so we'll continue to keep a close eye on that. But um, yeah, shout out to SmartLink and their A321 freighter expansion plans. Truly incredible stuff. And on that, I want to close. I want to close today with a special happy birthday message. This is, of course, to Queen Bess or Brave Bessie. We're recording on January 26, 2023. Um, but in January 26, 1892, 131 years ago, Bessie Coleman was born an American family in, in uh, Atlanta, Texas. She had Cherokee grandparents, would go on to become the first African-American woman to earn an international pilot's license from the Federation Aeronautique Internationale on June 15, 1921, being one of the first female Black aviators and being one of the first Native American aviators at the same time. She earned the name Queen Bess, Brave Bessie, for her air show performances. She flew in a time where flying the airmail would be done by electric lamps on high buildings above gas Latin lantern lit cities and uh, arrows pointing in the proper direction across deserts. Truly an icon that we can look to today for inspiration to guide us the way forward. I wanted to end today with a special happy birthday to her in her celebration. And with that, that's all the time that we have for today. Uh, for more multimedia coverage like this, search Cardio Facts, connect on iTunes and Spotify, and search CardioFacts.com. Thank you very much for tuning in, and join us again next time.